Welcome to the If I Had a Crystal Ball podcast with Magnolia Marketing Communications. Each month, we'll invite inspirational industry experts, entrepreneurs, and trailblazers to talk about content and communications as we navigate this new era together. Let's begin today's conversation. Hello, everyone. I'm Phoebe Young, the founder of Magnolia Communications, and welcome to our first podcast series, If I Had a Crystal Ball. What we're trying to do is to give you our perspective on how marketing communications will be pivoting with the new normal and what that might look like. So hence the title, If I Had a Crystal Ball. We hope to bring you industry mavens, entrepreneurs who are daring to do new things and challenge their status quo. Now, I am beyond excited to launch this new endeavor with a very special guest who is kind enough to do this with me and have some fun for the next half hour. We hope that you will find our discussion interesting and get some new knowledge from it. So, let me introduce my guest, Lisa Wallace, National Accounts Director from Content for Demand. Welcome, Lisa. Very happy to be here. Yeah. So, Lisa, you and I saw each other, I think it was two years ago, my goodness, in Scottsdale for a conference, and here we are today. How have you been keeping, my friend? I have to say life is good for me and my family personally, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm reminded how um, we're going to be in it, it enables and the opportunities it presents and then our challenge is now in this day and age to achieve that without the um without the beauty of being you know together in person yeah and i know that you've always mentioned to me obviously you used to do much travel and now you're not has that impacted you in any way the lack of travel now it has it has um, personally and as an agency, um, you know, a, we rely on a lot of conferences and events, again, to introduce our capabilities and make connections. So, for example, this year, Serious Decisions was a virtual conference versus in-person in Austin. So we had the pleasure of um, hearing from and learning from Brene Brown on our, on our laptop. And then um, I also try to get out and do workshops with and delivering some of our best practices over the years. And we have gone to doing that virtually. Um, we've also, as an agency and personally, really picked up on the video connection um, with our clients and with others within our agencies and business units. And then finally, on a lighter note, we've enacted um, an every Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard um, company-wide happy hour. Well, I like that. Can I join? Yes, <laughs> send, me, send me the link for that one. <laughs> and for I, me... will, I will. Not... <laughs> good and bad part is, for the most part, most of us have been too busy to actually imbibe on, on that call, but it's, it's a great time and a great connector to see other people's homes. You know, it brings you in and to meet their family members, to meet a few new babies, yeah. um, pets, etc. So it, it, it is a beautiful connector. Well, I'm in the Pacific Coast, so it's going to be one o'clock for me. So the saying of it must be, you know, four o'clock or five o'clock somewhere is going to definitely be true. So definitely I'll start at one o'clock. <laughs> so in terms of business, <laughs> that um, sounds perfect. 
In terms of business-wise, how how has it been impacted? You know, since with the COVID so, crisis that we've you know had to uh, go through. So I will say there's there's I would say in, in general I would put into three buckets. There's the stops. There's kind of the stall or the pause, and then there's the go forward fast. Um, the stops have tended to be more some of our smaller clients, clients that absolutely put a freeze on on outsourcing work, um, clients that have um, just truly had kind of, you know, very, very, very strong retraction. Then the, the pause, the rethink clients are the ones that we've really needed to do some pivoting. Um, and that's probably where I can spend the bulk of the time talking today. And then the go forward are some of our clients that really offer solutions in this environment that um, that are ideal and that we, we needed to create some content um, quickly and get some messaging out because, you know, for instance, one of our clients is Polly and they have a great deal of solutions that were for um, brick and mortar offices as well as virtual, but they have fabulous solutions for virtual and they, they, we needed to ramp up quickly and get a lot of solutions and content out into the marketplace for them. So I think there's, there's three, three segments for us and that's how, how we've been rolling pretty much since the beginning of April. I love the way you um, bucketize that. And that's a word that I've always kind of used, you know, and because that's a great way of kind of categorizing things, right? So which is a good, I think, segue to my kind of first question for you in terms of like how customers have reacted at the beginning and, and focusing, like you say, on maybe that second bucket, you know, the ones that just, like you said, did a pause or did a, uh, a stall. How, how did they react? How did they pivot? You know, what were some of the strategies and, and thoughts that you guys put in place to get them to think that way so they can start creating these pivoting strategy, strategies? Sure, sure. So some of the pivots have been more tactical, some more strategic. So addressing the tactical ones, because those are the, it's a quicker answer. Um, you know, there's, there's content that was created, for example, big, beefy, beautiful eBooks that came out at the beginning of the year for 2020 trends and forecasts, right? Well, these assets very quickly became a bit obsolete, right? So we've had to take back some of that content, pivot some new thoughts just to make it more relevant in our pandemic world and reality. Um, we've had other, you know, other small tactical things like swapping out imagery, right? So again, we've created some beautiful assets that may have a lot of office image well these days. So there's those changes. Um, there's the just reviewing some of the content that, well, might have been too, I want to say like almost too optimistic. We don't want to be tone deaf, right? Yeah, that was, just, you don't want to be changes to some content. Yeah. And then at a more strategic level, we've done what I would keep more of a subtle kind of audit review of what our clients have in place in their libraries right now within their strategies and then within their events due to the lack of face-to-face -face and events, and then how content marketing, corporate marketing and others can actually help the field marketing and sales enablement um, in this day and age with, with 
digital solutions. Um, case in point, we're working with a logistics supply chain company who has a rather large field sales team, which of course is no longer meeting face to face, nor are mm-hmm. they doing events. Mm-hmm. So what can we salvage and how can we help them? What we came up with is the creation of some core interactive, and in this case, we're using the Ceros platform, but these can be custom or otherwise, but some very interactive core company capabilities presentations. Um, And then allowing um, the field sales team to have an ever stronger digital interaction and experience with their audience. And then we'll also allow for some metrics and tracking on the back end, you know, once these materials are shared. So again, in that case, it's been identifying some gaps or holes or ways that we can help areas that can no longer achieve what they used to um, solving um, through digital marketing and then just creating that ever better digital um, presence for sales. So in terms, Lisa, of, you know, when you talk about creating that, um, that new mindset, you know, uh, like you said, filling that gap, what was the reaction and the approach that you guys had to take with both uh, the field, the sales folks who are the company side and even their customers in terms of how to adjust their behavior now that, you know what, you're not going to be able to go visit customers anymore. So here's, you know, really cool interactive tool. So number one, you probably have to learn it. And how was it received by the customers? Was there any kind of resistance um, or was it just like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, this is a great way for me to connect. And I'm just interested to see how that change behavior uh, was dealt with. So I'm going to thank ABM because <laughs> when, it, you know, as we started talking about ABM, you know, in the past years that, that ever bridged the, you know, the silos of sales and marketing, right? And this is continuing to bring sales and marketing together in my mind. And our conversations now are starting with marketing because those are our audiences and we're expanding rapidly into sales and other areas um, and working with them. So it's also a matter of um, getting them on board early helping to solve for their pain points. Um, you know, they, they have some serious pain points right now, right? And needing to realize their, their numbers. And um, I think it's just really, again, continuing to, to, to bridge that gap, to build that trust, to say we're here for you, to teach them a new reality. And I think sometimes in times of dire consequences, people are willing to do what they wouldn't otherwise. And that may be the um, most optimistic way for me to say, you know, I would imagine a year ago, if you, if marketing wanted to give a sales team an interactive asset and tell them to live it, learn it, and incorporate it, you would probably get more pushback than you're going to get today. Yeah, that's such a good point about how sales and marketing need to be so aligned these days, right? More than ever. We've talked about it, like you say before, in the ABM world about how that's a new way of working, but it can't be more true than today. So, so relevant. Um, In terms of like the content side, which you talked a bit about earlier, Lisa, what would you say with the approach in talking to your clients, whether it's the second or the third bucket, about how to approach their content now to relook at, right? Because that's kind of the, you know, the, the kind of the key basis for me right now, which is to telling our clients to 
time to recalibrate, time to look at the content that you had created two, three months ago and kind of reshift. What was some, you know, approach that you gave your clients? Because that's the business that you guys are in, right? The content side. Correct. Correct. So again, it's been a lot of, a lot of revisiting of what you have in place and again, maybe not so formal, but at least informal review or assessment of what can be out now and what can be out in the future. What, what changes, updates do we need to make? Um, you know, how can we refresh or repurpose something? Also, we were urging people not to go overboard with creating in the moment content now because you want to make sure that you also have a library of evergreen content, right? So if we're going to make everything so in the moment specific and pandemic reactive or um, aggressive, then we want to make sure that that content can also live in the coming months and potentially, you know, within the next, you know, within the next year. So um, having that immediate, you know, and that immediate conversation about what the reality is and addressing it in in a tactful way and addressing and understanding the new pain points um, and ways that you can help, you know, especially, you know, some of our cloud-based clients are are absolutely set up for this new Mm -hmm. world, Mm -hmm. um, virtual innovations, et cetera, et cetera. But again, being able to hit on how you can help now while being tactful about it and yet making sure you don't go overboard so that you don't um you don't age out your content quickly and then in terms of like you were talking about you know not doing it overboard and that's a good point because we have a client that is the other extreme you know they're just caught kind of looking at it going what do i do what do i do and then you give them advice of you know different content they can come up with they can't make that decision to move ahead. What, what are your, you know, advice for clients who are just kind of like almost like stuck. They want to do something, but they're afraid to move ahead because uh, they're every little thing they're, they're overanalyzing it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, what do you, you know, how does one even get just maybe taking, uh, you know, that baby step to start making some changes? What do you thought? Do you have clients like that? Or if you don't, what are your advice for those who can't just get, you know, step over that edge to start to make the content changes? So my advice here would be, would come from research. Some of the research that we're finding from Gartner, from our sister company, Demand Gen Report, et cetera, that right now people are desiring and consuming more content than ever. They're content hungry, step up to the plate. (laughs) So whether it be a blog, whether it be a series of blogs, um, whether it be, you know, some, some social promotion, whether it just be, you know, creating hubs of information. Again, it doesn't have to be COVID specific um, or, or as, as we're calling it, I think uh, C19 now, um, but it, it could be more, you know, just solutions in this day and age and just a point of being there for them. So maybe not to over-focus mm. on, you know, the negatives going on, but just how you can help to solve and be there for them right now. Because I think it's more important than ever to mm-hmm. be there for your clients and prospects. And in terms of the the kind of content that you guys are creating right now, and you talked about that interactive tool, maybe you can speak about what that, I don't know, 
number one or number tool that you guys are seeing right now that your customers are, uh, you know, really gravitating to and kind of give me a little bit more detail or our, our audience, a little bit more detail of what that tool actually looks like and can work for them. Especially, I think the trade show thing is, is, is a you no know, brainer, right? We're just, you know, we're not going anymore for that for a little while. So how are you using tools to really engage with audiences now? And, uh, you know, give me as much description as you can on that so our audiences can get a flavor how this may look like for them. Sure, sure. So we're seeing an uptick in desire and consumption of direct mail, um, virtual workshops, virtual roundtables, webinars, Meet the influencers, bringing your SMEs to light, um, influencer content, really identifying internal, external, and industry influencers and, and bringing them out because people really want to learn from peers and others at this time. We're also finding, we're working on a few projects that we're calling more of a virtual, virtual innovation type showcases where we're recreating in a digital virtual atmosphere, a brick and mortar experience and allowing, again, you know, digital marketing is amazing and what we can do with interactives is absolutely beautiful, but allowing for um, audiences to create their own journeys and um, indulge themselves in, in an interactive experience. So we're definitely seeing um, our clients desire to create ever more robust interactive experiences bringing to life you know like i said the influencers you know the, those golden children within an org you know within a company mm -hmm. um the webinars etc um any ways that you can um you know again i and I, I know i've said this a number of times but be there virtually if you can't be there in person mm -hmm. i really like that virtual roundtable as well because i know that those have done well you know when you go to these conferences and you have these kind of thought leaders sitting around you know some of them are competitors you know but they just have the, kind of they put all that aside and they just talk about the industry and their experience and and like you said there's no reason why we can't deliver that same experience in you know the new go-to meeting zoom world that we're in right Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, we're just, we're tasked with ever, um, ever expanding our horizons on what we can do, right? Mm -hmm. And just, just solving for different pain points and problems within each customer's, um, you know, unique opportunity set. Mm -hmm. So, um, in that sense, I will say, um, you know, it's been a very, very interesting, fast-paced last two months mm -hmm. um, as we learn <laughs> and grow to develop solutions. Yeah, which is, I think, is a really good segue. You know, you talk about the last two months and everything now in the news um, is about that next stage or, you know, the phases that we're in, right? So as we hear about businesses starting to open, what do you have for tips or, you know, suggestions on content collaboration recovery, I call it, you know, like how will content marketing change moving forward in the, in the terms of having to be quite agile, but, you know, we're all hoping that we'll get back to some sense of normal, whatever that may look like, but, you know, we have to be really mindful of how content is going to be um, digested by the audience too, right? So what are your thoughts for businesses opening again, how they look at content, and their approach. So again, we're 
we're finding, you know, as businesses are opening and we're slowly going to attempt or get back to normal, um, that content and digital marketing, I think, are going to be ever, ever more important in the coming months and the, in the investment is, is on an increase. Um, and again, making sure that you're clearly explaining to your audiences what you're doing and why, how you're there for them, not abandoning them, um, supporting them, become more, um, more in tune with their mindsets. Um, you know, you really, really being in tune with the mindsets of your viewers and your audiences and making sure that, you know, you're, you're the, um, you are a leader there for them. So I'm, I'm not sure if there's a better way to answer that for you, but I, I feel like that's really what we're seeing. Don't you find though that people just over the last few months in, in our world, you just so much more aware now, like you said, of content because people are listening more and they are paying attention more, right? And they're spending time online more to be educated. So therefore, I think we, we must now look at content in a different way to make sure that it's super relevant. And that means being timely on things, right? And being able to pivot if needed. Correct, correct. Um, you know, I'm not sure if we can say pivot enough, because, you know, agile pivoting, right? So, um, you know, the whole thing is don't panic, don't freeze, you know, do assess, do make those um, changes, um, you know, and some of it, we're going to make mistakes, right? You, you can't guarantee that this is all going to be a success, but you've got to get out there and try. And we're just, we're really seeing, again, just that, that increase of being super creative to create those digital experiences that that um, bridge the gaps and bring you ever closer to your audiences. And I've got a, another client that has this mindset about, you know, sending communications and like you say, making sure the digital experience, you know, is a unique one. But he's also afraid, to, oh, not afraid, He's he's his comment is more like, we're getting so much coming at us, you know, certainly at the beginning weeks of the crisis, there was all of these updates coming in from everything from your grocery store to your, you know, to your banks, right, about what they're doing about COVID, which and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. All I'm saying is that we've got lots of stuff coming at us. Is there, how do you deal with that feeling of too much coming at us, too much emails, too much, you know, ads, you know, that kind of feeling of just being bombarded? Yeah, you know, it I think we're finding too a lot. Um, grow your grow your hubs on your websites, right? Allow them to come to you versus bombarding them. Mm. Um, creative social. Um, I think it's a good time to build. To, you know, to reevaluate your gaps or where you need to build. You know, take on that longer term project where it's like if you know if if you feel like right now you don't really have that wonderful hub of content for people to come to this is the time to start developing some of that so they have the solutions versus continuing to hit them with COVID messaging or, you know, newsy blogs. You know, there's a point for some of that, but then it's also here, here's your solution. Here, you know, here's what you need to be thinking about aspirational, you know, for the next coming months because everybody's looking at how they're going to not only exist through this, but grow through this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and realizing it may not be short term. So I would say, you know, some of it is just more the fundamental, you know, some of the building blocks that may need to be addressed as well as just disseminating lots of content 
And I feel like we've been doing more, you know, we've done a lot of blogs and, and that type, but then a, a lot more work on just um, really, really big pieces of content versus, um, you know, I focus more of a quality versus than a quantity. And mm-hmm. I will say as an agency, I know, you know, we, we started um, with, you know, a lot of blogs on, you know, what are you doing and how does this affect us? And we're starting to scale back that direct address mm-hmm. to COVID and focusing more on, again, just, you know, um, times of change mm-hmm. versus exactly that. And then um, just, just making those subtle transitions. Mm. What would you say um, from your customer's reaction to, um, to the crisis in relation to the content side? What has been the biggest surprise to you? I think my biggest surprise has been you know, I, I, I'm not sure that there really has been a, a huge surprise. I, I think it's been the, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a beautiful surprise. And that has been the companies that are willing to say that, that just really embrace this as a challenge versus yeah. freeze. Yeah. Um, and my surprise has been um, the new business we've gotten out of it, not yeah. just because of digital, but because of people are really researching solutions and really getting creative on ways to achieve what they couldn't before. So I think that would be my surprise is just how, um, how nimble and how innovative um, people are. And that's why I'm saying, I mean, it's a surprise, but it's not a surprise. It's it's just a delight. And it just reminds me of, you know, the human spirit, but just, you know, some of the, I'm just thinking of some of the projects we're working on and how um, creative we've been and how many solutions are out there. And I think we're going to look back to this as another, and everybody hates this phrase, but another paradigm shift, right? Yeah. And yeah. how we've grown um, and how we've become ever more um, agile and able to deal with people in a digital atmosphere. Yeah. And I love the way you phrase that, you know, because that tells me how resilience how resilient that our, you know, our customers have been, right? I mean, yes, it was a shock. And then you have that, you know, moment of just freezing and not, not sure what to do. And then like human nature, right? You just go, okay, this is what we're dealt with. What do we do? And um, it's really nice to hear that you've got some clients that are you know, pivoting fast with you and also embracing new things. Um, because not everybody is willing to try these new things either, right? They're, they're used to what they're used to, that comfort zone. But it's, it, I'm sound hearing that um, your customers are accepting new uh, opportunities in front of them with these new, new things. Yeah, and you know, to add on to that too, I think, um, you know, another, I guess, surprise would be a good way to put it. We're doing a lot of bedrock work too with some clients. Mm-hmm. Um, creating personas. Oh, um, or messaging, like, you know, you know, it's doing, doing that work that, that needs to be done and realizing this is a great time to kind of do that housekeeping or what I call bedrock work. Yeah. Um, where if you feel like you don't know what to put out there or do, let, let's do, let's get some of that research. Let's understand our audiences better. Let's, you know, further develop our messaging, do some of that core strategic work. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that audit work, et cetera, et cetera, so that um, you are ready to move and move quickly um, come late summer, early fall. 
Right. So, I mean, what, as we kind of finish here, the podcast and wind up here, Lisa, any kind of, you know, kind of final tips you'd like to give to our listeners as a kind of a recap as they, on how they might want to look at their content strategy over the next little while? Sure, sure. So, I, you know, I think our best piece of advice are realign on your priorities, look for high impact ways to re- reimagine your events and any face-to-face, right? Um, Focus on fundamentals, review your content, you know, your top performers, what Mm -hmm. you can repurpose, reuse, and you know, times where money is tight, there's not always, net new is not always the solution. Um, Ever tighten that relationship with sales and field marketing. Um, And then, you know, I think this is the time you can make great strides. Um, So, Again, you know, always trying to be positive (laughs) and um, learn and grow with, you know, the cards that are dealt with us. Um, I firmly believe, you know, we'll get through this um, and we're going to um, be that much brighter at at, at the end. For sure. And Lisa, why don't you tell us, or the audience who may not know, what, you know, does Content for Man do? So Content for Demand is a content um, creation and strategy agency. And we work um, typically with business-to-business clients um, in the enterprise sector to um, develop um, stellar content marketing um, programs and output. And they do very stellar work. Um, I've seen some of their work and um, it's top notch. And I, I love how strategic it is. And yet at the same time, do you guys really drill down on the personas? Um, like you said, the bedrock work, which is the foundation of creating these pieces. And because if you don't know your personas, um, it's really hard to you know write in, in terms of catering to them. So you guys do some great stuff there, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and um, as we wind up here, um, and the website uh, for you guys? www.content4demand.com, and that's the number four. Yeah, and um, we'll also put up um, towards the end of our podcast, too, your contact information as well, Lisa, for people to get a hold of you. And I can't thank you enough, my friend, for spending the time. I know it's really busy for you and your team, but for you to just take you know, a bit of time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk with me, I think it's been so worthwhile. I've written so many notes on, on my end here. It's like scribbles everywhere, and I really learned a lot from you today. Thank you, Phoebe. And I always learn from you as well. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And we'll be in touch soon. Okay. Thank you again, Lisa. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening today. We hope you can tune in next time in our If I Had a Crystal Ball series with Sandy Chen, the solutions specialist for Azure applications and infrastructure from Microsoft Canada. This has been the If I Had a Crystal Ball podcast with Magnolia MC. If you like our show and want to know more, or you're interested in joining the conversation in an upcoming episode, go to our website, magnoliamc.com, or check out any of our past episodes on major podcast apps. Thanks for listening. See you next month.